Hey everyone, welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. This is Kimi Nishimoto and Megan Vanoy. And today we have probably the most exciting day of the whole podcast experience. We have celebrity guest Koi Bowles from the Zach Brown Band. And we're freaking out about it. <laughs> probably me, a so, more in particular. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Megan is super fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Koi actually is going to tell his story about his tongue tie and his journey and uh, kind of how he found us was actually through the podcast. So yep. Koi, can you introduce yourself as well as uh, tell everyone a, a little bit about what you do and the other things you have going on behind the scenes? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Koi Bowles. Uh, I'm a musician um an educator advocate and uh, author uh so i play in the zach brown band i have for the last 15 years um from the very beginning uh when it was kind of getting off the um started out and everything it's a blast too i love it i mean we just got finished playing uh fenway last week uh, which is bananas i still can't believe that I get to do stuff like that or the band uh, has has the success that it's had and everything. So um, I can believe it. I can believe it's been I'm super blessed. <laughs> I wake up every day and I'm like, you know, this is so awesome. But um, so uh, with um, with having the success of the band, I guess it kind of gave me a voice and I felt a certain responsibility with that voice to do something with it. And so uh, I started getting more involved with uh, early education. Uh, particularly uh, pre-K, kindergarten kind of range, um, and education as a whole. Um, you know, the more I got into um, to, to looking at our education system and finding out what I wanted to make a difference in, like what area, the more I realized there's a lot of work that we need to do uh, with education, and particularly uh, starting out at the very beginning of laying these foundations for early learning. Um, and I have four and five year old daughters. Um, uh, so I, I'm kind of in that world. But oddly enough, I started writing children's books like 12 years ago, 13 years ago, before way before I had kids. Um, so yeah, I'm really passionate about that. And I'm passionate about teachers. I mean, I think that, um, you know, teachers are a huge part of our society. I think that um, particularly during the pandemic, like the early education teachers were the ones that were the glue that were keeping us kind of together because if mm-hmm. doctors, you know, um, you're always going to choose your kids, you know, uh, so if the doctors, you know, couldn't find, you know, places for their four and five and six year olds to go, then they were going to stay home and make sure that they were not home by themselves. You know, you can't just leave a kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they kind of uh, suited up and showed up. Uh, even in the kind of the craziest times, a lot like nurses did, you know, and, and doctors as well. So anyway, uh, I've been on this journey to kind of give back with the uh, the voice that I was given by the band to help out with early education. Uh, so I really enjoy doing that. But the way I got to know you guys um, was um, was really uh, searching around endlessly at night, trying to find a solution to some of the problems that I was having, whether it be uh, TMJ, uh, face pain, um, you know, like uh, tongue thrusting, tightening, uh, tight muscles within my mouth. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this has been a journey that I've been on for years. I mean, when I was 19 years old, I started really having uh, intense headaches um, from TMJ and, and when I went off to college. And my mom and I went down this endless road of going to get my eyes checked, going to get, you know, and this was Mm. 20 years ago when there was so much less information than there even is now because the internet just wasn't in everybody's back pocket like it is now. So, um, you know, I would have had to do the research that I've been doing, you know, to find you guys, I would have had to go into the library, you know, (laughs) back then to, to like look up instead of, you know, three in the morning, not being able to sleep going like, you know, um, tongue thrust podcasts, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so it was really interesting. I started watching, um, your guys podcasts and and checking it out. And, um, I, I like the idea that you guys were so open to kind of, it wasn't like you, you guys, had it all figured out and it fit down one lane and if it didn't fit down one lane then it's like it's, it doesn't work you guys are very young and open-minded about the whole concept uh and i really like that i was like mm-hmm. uh, i think that can work because i met with other people when it came to myofunctional therapy um and it was kind of like here's your diagnosis we're not exactly sure if this is what you need but if you give us a bunch of money, we'll definitely help you, you know, and now, and I was kind of like, what, you know, that doesn't seem, whereas you guys were like, let's, you know, uh, we're a lot more kind of like, we like fluid. And I felt like, and that's more of my mm-hmm. style, particularly more my situation with my situation is pretty complex, you know, as far as what my body decides to do with breathing, drinking, eating, stress, you know, all of these different facets so uh it's been pretty awesome i mean i got to i reached out to kimmy just kind of blindly and was like hey i watched the podcast would you be interested in talking and you know here i am basically you know (laughs) after us working together so yeah it's actually like it, it makes me get goosebumps actually that you felt comfortable enough to reach out to me um and and that makes me happy that something that I said like kind of spoke to you like maybe we had a connection because some people they reach out to me and some people reach out to Megan and I'm just glad that like you know any one of us is a good fit for someone so thank you for choosing me to help you it's been a joy yeah it's been it's been a really awesome journey I mean I think that your knowledge of um of you know the field and kind of what's going on particularly you know, the idea that it was kind of coincidental, but you, the guy who did my um, surgery, uh, my tongue tie release w- was somebody that you were going to meet like two weeks before I had my surgery. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, because we were in Vegas huh, with Dr. Baxter. Yeah. Dr. Baxter at the American Laser Study Club. Uh, Megan and I met up there and we went to this like training for three days and we got to meet Dr. Baxter and listen to him lecture. And then you had your surgery with them two weeks later. So it was really kind of a fun, like coincidence thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I already know Dr. Baxter because I'm like obsessed. <laughs> but um, uh, so speaking of which, if we could go back to talking about your symptoms, like the things that bothered you, and maybe we'll just kind of break it down from there. Does that sound okay? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, I think... 
um, you know, I, I've bounced around between, uh, it really is a lot of sleep kind of stuff for me, you know, just not feeling rested mm -hmm. when I wake up. Um, and I've had multiple sleep studies done. I've had, you know, different um, TMJ appliances that I've used for years. Um, and I really kind of started going down this road. Uh, like if you look up like uh, tongue tie TMJ, you know, kind of uh, symptoms, like I check mm -hmm. every single one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and I would do the sleep studies and I wouldn't have sleep apnea uh, mm -hmm. or I would have like so mild yeah. that it wouldn't really register for insurance or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but I would have, um, you know, I, I did end up finding that I had uh, some periodic leg movement um, that was kind of interesting because that has varied between the different sleep studies that I'd gotten. Um, but all of this being said, I was on this journey to be like, there's, it can't just be that I suck at sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the natural thing. Like I'm really good at eating. I'm good at all this other stuff that my body's supposed to do, but it just happens to be that the sleeping part of it, I'm not so good at. So uh, I just kind of went. Isn't there a country song? There's a country song. I'm pretty good at drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, for sure. Look, I used to be I suck at too. sleeping, but I'm good at drinking beer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, so I, um, you know, spent so much time digging around on the internet, just going to mm -hmm. so many rabbit chat holes. groups <laughs> and, you know, reading about what other people have said and, you know, and that's a kind of a dangerous world, you know, you it's for yeah. every, for every two foot, you know, two feet, I went forward. It was like another step back with yeah. trying to self-diagnose and. Yeah. Then when I would meet people sometimes who are specialists, they would be really locked in on like, you know, it's apnea. This is exactly what's calling it. It's like, I kind of, you know, I've, I've had these sleep studies done and they're like, well, we're going to get you fitted with this splint. And it's kind of like, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd already been diagnosed before I'd even finished my story about what all is happening with me. And then that was such a bummer because you would be, I mean, you know, Sometimes it would be months before you would be able to get into mm -hmm. an appointment. Yeah. So you would hope we're hoping that this would be this thing. They would want to fit you into a box before you knew it. And then by the time you, you know, and then you'd leave and you'd be like, oh man, I was really hoping that was going to be some kind of relief. And mm -hmm. it's not because, um, you know, chronic pain, which, you know, is kind of like what I'm dealing with, uh, um, is, is no joke, man. I mean, it really messes with a lot, a lot of your mm -hmm. life, especially mm -hmm. with it being sleep related too. you know, there's times where it's like, I've kind of gotten unwound, if you will, you know, just from luckily, I, I have um, really good resources. I'm really close with my parents. I have really good methods of like knowing myself emotionally to where when I start getting where I haven't had enough sleep, or I get to where I'm, you know, the pain is kind of getting a little bit too much or here or there or whatnot, especially with my lifestyle with traveling all the time and touring, you know, it's like, I don't have a normal sleep schedule and I don't have a normal life. Mm -hmm. so this would be hard for anybody, much less with somebody who's dealing with all of this, you know, kind of stuff. So luckily, 
you know, I've been able to talk with my mom and dad a lot about it. And, um, you know, and I have resources I've been, I, you know, I go to a counselor and talk to them. Um, so I take care of myself on all of the mind, you know, mind, body, um, spirit kind of angles as much as I can. But, you know, sometimes it's definitely gotten the best of me to where mm-hmm. it's just like, man, this is tough, you know, like, and then there it would gets be- exhausting. You know, I, and it all started with me where I started heading down the road to get to you guys was I went and got, um, um, an inner oral massage and oh. I could just tell, uh, that my, the roof of my mouth and up under here, I kind of started really paying more attention. Like I would lay down at night and try to focus on my breath. And I would kind of like really focus. And I was like, I think that there's more attention in my mouth than I mm-hmm. really than I've ever noticed before. Yeah. And so I looked up inner oral massage and I went and saw this lady. First time it was okay. Second time it completely released. Wow. And I went home and I talked to my wife and I was like, I need to sleep right now. Like I couldn't even hold my head up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it relaxed too. Right with driving, but it's like it turned everything off. And I think I slept for like 15 hours or something. Wow. <laughs> like knocked out. And I don't normally sleep like that. So, and I woke up the next day and I was like, my chest muscles, my rotator cuff, my neck, like everything felt like real and, and loose and, you know, just totally stress-free. And I went back again a couple of times and I never had this sight, same outcome, but that was when I was kind of like, something's going on with the way I hold my tongue. And then I started looking into that and then I kind of found my way to you guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which is awesome. Well, and I think it was really, I think it's worth us kind of coming back to this, like what you were saying with your sleep and how like you just like, it was hard to stay happy and up and not unwind. Oh, sure. I think like for kids, and I say this a lot in my evaluations, when I'm talking to parents, it's like, for adults when we don't get a good night's sleep or when we kind of sleep kind of crappy and we can just say hey I'm grumpy because I slept like crap whereas like kids we hold them at a different level like even if they don't sleep well if they're mouth breathing if they're snoring if there's clearly something wrong and they wake up the next day a lot of times they just get labeled as a behavior kid or a naughty kid mm-hmm. and it's like why is it okay for adults to be quote unquote like naughty or grumpy from being like not sleeping well but yet we hold kids we expect them to like keep it together when they're sleeping like garbage too. So I think sure. that's like such an important piece to talk about and talk about with parents. It's like, it's not, you don't have a bad kid. You have a sleepy kid and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. even that kind of ties into the stuff that I'm doing with uh, social emotional learning with kids at a young age. Yeah. It's really interesting because I think one of the things that I really want to do is be able to instill in kids how they're feeling and why, like when they're with their self and when they're around other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to be, it, it's, it's hard because you don't have those skills yet. You're just learning them at a young age uh, to be able to look at somebody and go, I'm tired. Exactly. Like you kind of really don't know what you feel yet, you know? So that's one thing that I'm really, you know, um, trying to uh, help with is getting kids to where they, 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 just even question, how do I feel? You know, I think that's the beginning uh, learning box for all of that stuff. And then parents and teachers and everybody else can kind of help fill in, um, 
you know, with uh, the information of like how to discuss that and communicate that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was mm-hmm. an article that came out, gosh, how long ago was it came? I have it saved on my computer and I could, we can post it in the episode, but it was like, I think it's like 70% of kids uh, diagnosed with ADHD or ADD are misdiagnosed and they actually have sleep breathing disorders. And it makes sense why they oh, would sure. overlap uh, because all, so many of the symptoms of sleep breathing disorders and, you know, attention deficit disorders go hand in hand. And that's not to say that ADHD or ADD don't exist or they aren't, you know, it's not a co, you know, co-conspirator within it, but uh, being able to look at the sleep side of things too for kids and even into adults is a huge, I think, missing piece of the puzzle that we are starting to talk about more. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very aware of it with my kids, uh, like, you yeah. know, at a young, young age, like, <laughs> yeah. my daughter has a little bit of an underbite. And I'm already, you know, really, you know, uh, have talked to, you know, different dentists and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff about, you know, making sure that she doesn't end up getting in the same situation that I'm in, uh-huh. because it's something we didn't jump on at an earlier age or something like that, you know, and yeah. um, whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, being aware of it is mm-hmm. really important. Well, you're lucky to be so close to in Atlanta area to Dr. Jafari. She's a really good uh, orthodontist that also does early intervention. So luckily in your area, there's a lot of really good Her name people. Comes up. It's, it's cool. I think um, one, of, one of my favorite things about jumping into this is how um, it's such a respected, um, like people who stand out in this, in this area people who are interested in it, like you guys, then Dr. Jafari, um, what's the guy from California that you guys? Dr. Zaki. Yeah, Zaki. Um, um, yeah, it's like these people kind of um, become celebrated in their knowledge and their experience of it because of how much, you know, they kind of are leading the way because there's not a lot of people doing it. So I think I like that. I, I like the idea that um, it's a close knit, you know, group of people, it seems like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're always trying to get the word mm-hmm. out. We'd like to get more. I call them airway heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're also trying to make it not such an exclusive community there to where more and more people have access, more and more people can learn. That's oh, why sure. we started the podcast in the first place. Um, because there are a lot of great people out there and there's a lot of great providers, great educators, and you know the public needs to know what you know i share my story probably like every day because i'm obsessed with busy but um you know even in our case you know pediatrician told me not lip tied not tongue tied not cheek tied you know and my uh my partner is like is she gonna argue with you when you just told her what you do for a living and i was like yeah i mean you know if it's not in their purview you know then it doesn't always come back around and luckily for me i I knew i had the resources we got her released at nine days old would have been sooner had it not been for a snowstorm but um you know getting the word out there more and more so more and more people can get help is really our biggest goal of even why we do the podcast yeah for sure Mm -hmm. Um, so Koi, um, I want to go back a little bit to your symptoms here. So uh, when I met you, tongue tie, pretty, pretty tight. You could still function. You can talk. You're an amazing singer. You have no speech issues, <laughs> um, some digestion stuff. But uh, 
like not classic um the tongue thrust where you would push against your teeth when you swallow tmj and then the restless sleep um but kind of interestingly a lot of times like tongue tie they'll say if you can't if you can stick your tongue out you don't Oh, like it's not a big deal. Now that you've had your release done, I remember you said that you could swallow easier and mm -hmm. like you could do your swallow exercises when before it was difficult. Like you had to really try to force it to swallow correctly oh, as sure. well as your tongue just kind of popped right up into the palate after your release versus before you had to kind of push it to go up there. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so I, before I met you guys, I knew about the spot and I knew about um, like where I was supposed to place my tongue, you know, and like, so I'll just kind of briefly tell the story. So I met with someone and uh, they, they were like, I think that you have a tongue tie. Uh, it was uh, somebody who was highly classified to be able to do this. We did an online assessment uh, years ago and they suggested that I go to this per person in Atlanta. So I, signed up and went to a doctor in Atlanta who specialized in like uh, tongue tie releases, supposedly. Like on the website, they even said that. So I go in and I talk to this guy and he was like, okay, what are you here for? And I was like, well, you know, I met with a specialist online. They did an assessment. They suggested you as a tongue tie release. And, um, you know, and he was like, okay, well, let me see. And he was like, now nah, you're fine. And I was like, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, and he and I was like, well, you know, I can't push my tongue up on the top of my mouth. He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you know, like I'm supposed to have my tongue on, you know. And this guy has an entire ortho orthopedic, not ortho, what's the word? Orthodontic. Yeah, orthodontic um, a facility. Like, you know, a lot of people coming in and out of this place. He was like, you put your tongue on the bottom of your mouth. What are you talking about? dude i was like i'm i feel like i'm gonna lose my mind you know because it took me a while to get to this guy and then at that point i punted i was just like i can't go down this road anymore yeah and then about you know a couple years later i started digging in even more so it just goes to show that like uh finding people like you guys who uh can who know the right people who can get you there because i mean you might not be tongue-tied you know, right. but mm -hmm. could be a different thing like tongue thrust, tongue space, tongue yeah, tie. Just, mm -hmm. Making sure you go to the right people is so important because I went to what I thought was the right person uh, and ended up um, basically running around and 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 I can, you know, say that you guys know the right people in this industry to be able to, you know, uh, provide people that information, whether you help them or you help them until they're a point where like you did with me, where you suggested who I get my tongue tie, you know, release from where I was at, you know, I was close enough mm -hmm. to, be able to drive instead of have to mm -hmm. fly kind of thing. So that's so important. I mean, for everybody who, if anybody's mm -hmm. listening to this or whoever listens to it, you know, just knowing that you guys know people who can, who are the right people was huge, you know? Yeah. Um, it's been a little trial and error over the years. I'm not going to lie. Like I started kind of in this airway space with the very first dentist I worked for back in 2012. Um, and even when I like launched my practice in 2016, I still felt like such an island. So 
these past, what do you think can be three or four years in particular? It's just really boomed and it's been awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so back to my symptom scenes, because I went on this mm -hmm. like, kind of tangent, but <clears throat> yeah, it was a good tangent. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was the idea of um, acid reflux, you know, um, to the point to where I ended up having um, an endoscopy and had to get put on um, like a, a pretty serious dose of uh, acid reflux medicine because my esophagus, uh, I had like silent, you know, acid reflux. Mm -hmm. so I, I didn't mm -hmm. really have any signs. I never had heartburn and have anything, but it actually affected my esophagus, you know, mm -hmm. so I completely changed my diet for a considerable amount of time until I could kind of slowly uh, bring things back in. Uh, so that was kind of the first one of the first signs on top of like having the headaches and and the sleep stuff. And then um, um, so then when I started working with you and mm -hmm. working out some of the issues, uh, particularly, um, you know, the one of the most frustrating things, which was got me into the tangent in the first place was being able to put my tongue on the spot. I couldn't mm -hmm. breathe through my nose when I put my tongue on the spot. Yeah. And I was like, I know I'm doing this right, but I can't breathe. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, basically, mm -hmm. if this is the spot, my tongue would go like this, but the back wouldn't kick up enough because mm -hmm. I was yep. tied to allow my airway to open up for me to breathe through my nose. So I'd walk around all day doing the exercises where I put my tongue on the spot and try to breathe through, but my body would naturally go, it didn't work like that, dude. Yeah, no and, thank you. <laughs> and I would only be able to last for like 10 minutes before I'd be like, I'd, I would subconsciously stop thinking about it. My tongue would go somewhere else to be able to breathe, which is generally mm -hmm. like force really high up. So since I've uh, been working with you and since I got it released, now I can put my tongue on the spot and work with pushing my tongue up and without pushing it really far forward and thrusting, I'm able to breathe through my nose. Um, mm -hmm. And also, before I was working with you, if I would have taken a glass of water and tried to, or a sip of water, and tried to keep my mouth shut and swallow, my tongue would have went outside of my teeth. Like it would have went mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. in order for me to swallow. Yeah. And now, I mean, impossible, completely mm -hmm. like, you know, here's $10 million if you can do this right. And no matter how much I would have thought about it, like when my eyes closed, I would have never been able to get to get my tongue to just go like this and mm -hmm. push water down the back. It had to go between my teeth to do it. And now I don't, I don't do that, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is so, <laughs> it's such a good point because a lot of people think that the tongue ties that aren't like severe, it doesn't really affect your swallow that much, but it totally did for you because you would, you were a very good uh, patient, a very good student. <laughs> you would always give me like a hundred percent, but I know it was, it was difficult. It was like trying to tell your body to do something that was hard. And even though your tongue tie didn't look severe, it functioned, um, you know, on a lower level. So once you had it released and it could move freely in the back, it could do more of that, that peristaltic wave, the, I call it the hydraulic pump tongue. 
yeah, where your sure. tongue goes to the spot and then pumps up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really, really good point. Yeah. And for me, you know, I, some people have, um, you know, like I would almost say like miracle cases to where like all of their symptoms go away after the tongue tie release, which wasn't the case for me, but it was still really worth doing in the sense that, um, one, I found, um, uh, a significant amount of, um, less anxiety, like within mm. the first week, Huge. I noticed that somehow, you know, what's the nerve that you've talked about so much? Yes, the vagus nerve. And actually, I'm going to tell a story if it's okay with you. So Dr. Baxter told me that when he did your surgery, there was a moment when he snipped into the fascia that you had a vagal response. Like you got like kind of cold and a little clammy, felt a little dizzy. I started like, Uh you know, yeah, I had like a, uh, uh, not really hyperventilating. I never felt like I was in danger. Or anything like that but i definitely felt like all of a sudden i kind of somebody grabbed me and shook me up for a little bit you know because mm-hmm. uh, i felt my stomach felt a little weird you know mm-hmm. I, I i got a little bit like clammy or whatever and mm-hmm. all i did was basically take like maybe a minute and focus on my breath and really get some some breathing going on mm-hmm. and, um, and it kind of you know i regulated back mm-hmm. but um so it wasn't scary or anything like that as much as it is like all of a sudden you're just like my body's doing something you know and also the fascia they think is partly like an emotional organ where we hold a lot of tension and emotions actually they call it a sensory organ so sometimes when you're dissecting there in between the muscle bands of the tongue and you're releasing that restriction, some people will feel like almost an emotion response or like a flood mm-hmm. in their body. Yeah. But sure. I did think that that was so interesting that you've had such a decrease in anxiety since your release and um, it's significant what a beautiful thing. <laughs> As yeah, someone else with anxiety, I wish I would have had that. <laughs> Yeah, it went yeah. down like uh I would say it like knocked off easily 10% of it. Yeah. Uh you I know, know, if not more, but like a noticeable amount to where I just don't feel like I get as you know, worked up or or it, it's it, it like shaved off the top of it or something. Mm-hmm. But a huge mm-hmm. part of that was as well was just knowing that I'm going to get this done. I'm going to go to a guy who's um, wrote the book on it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go to a guy who's really educated in this. And I have somebody who's connected with him who knows what she's doing. So all of this like spinning around that you can do, like wondering if this is the right thing. Mm -hmm. Is it worth spending money on this? Is it this or that? I, I could lay all of that to, to bed and know that like, I'm going to do this. It's worth trying. And it, and it could have a lot of relief. And to go back through the whole thing, I mean, if you would ask me if somebody was like, we can take 10% of your anxiety off, you know, but you have to do these things. Would you do that? I'd be like, yes, let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not to even mention oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. the sleep and being able to breathe and swallowing and all the other stuff that came along with it, you know? But I mean, I still have TMJ pain. You know, uh, and I still have uh, some 
tight shoulder stuff mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think that it's just about maintaining the exercises. And for me, it's going to be a, a continuous journey. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if I'm ever going to be in a place to where I'm completely 100% pain free, you know? Um, yeah. But that's okay. How I mean, is your... How is your TMJ now? Is it uh, like less than before or is it the same or worse? And uh, then on top of that too, like we've talked about, you'll need to do ortho to kind of align the bite so it's more balanced. So that's part of your puzzle as well, right? Some structural mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even really answer that question uh, honestly because my TMJ is so specifically stress-related. Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. the pandemic and not playing music and just Mm -hmm. you know going and and that's kind of when we've been doing all this to where uh i it wouldn't be fair to say if my tmj was more or less or whatever because so much has been going on um Mm -hmm. not being able to play and just the the stress of all of that to where um you know i would have to wait somewhere down the road and kind of do an assessment of that because right now you know um as far as stress or life goes you know having a four and five year old daughters who are you know um you know we're getting more sleep now but you know the first couple years of having kids is pretty rough and then right into something that you know hasn't been experienced for a very long time in the you know the history of humanity um and then that getting to where i wasn't able to do the one thing that kind of you know is super Mm -hmm. helpful for me as far as stress which is like playing and playing music um so i'd say if anything it's gotten a little bit better but it's hard to say did you notice a difference in like your singing at all kind of post release or any like because mm. some, because some singers say you know like I had a patient who's a singer that she was able to hit like a next octave that she had never been able to hit before oh, whoa, yeah uh, we've had some people say they've been able to like hold their notes or be able to you know sing longer you know some of those types of things but did you notice any difference with performance um not necessarily I mean I think if anything um the biggest things that I noticed were swallowing water breathing just in general yeah just mm-hmm. breathing yeah you know i i used to kind of get food you know kind of caught in places to where it would be a little choky mm. you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh that doesn't happen nearly as often as it yeah. used to which is really good yeah because that's very scary for people they get like a fear of eating or a lot of times they have to throw up in order to move remove that blockage it's very very scary yeah I mean um I think I've choked like three times in my life scary two of them were real real scary you know um and uh yeah so the fact that I don't do that anymore is pretty awesome you know yeah Absolutely. Well, a lot of the people that are singers, they're scared to do a release or scared to do Mayo because they're like, I don't want to 
change my voice or I don't want to be able to not sing. Did you have any like negative effects when it came to that stuff? No, not at all. I mean, I think if anything, I was a little bit, I was, I was definitely like, man, I don't want to end up like having a speech impediment or not being able to sing the same way. But um, mm -hmm. I would say the, I mean, I'm not a doctor, you know, or, or can't give, but from my personal experience, um, I was way, way, way far away from my speech being affected or my singing being affected at all in a negative way. Like as mm -hmm. soon as I got, got it clipped and was in the car ride back home, I was already talking exactly like I've always talked, you know, I could just tell mm -hmm. my bottom had had something done to it, you know, uh, but immediately afterwards I was able to talk. I was able to, you know, uh, and it, it wasn't altered in any way. It wasn't like my S's were a little bit more this or that, or, you know, or, or anything it was, it, which was really cool, you know, because mm -hmm. that was the first thing I did when I, I started talking. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. You're like, do, re, mi, fa, do. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, join the band. We're auditioning to be your backup singers. I don't know if you've caught on to that yet. Uh, <laughs> we're in. We're in. If any of the guys call in sick, just let us know. <laughs> I'm a really bad dancer, so I got that going for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah we're you know, it's such so, an interesting um, uh, journey, though. I mean, really, this has been such a long and winding journey for me. And I think the part about it, to me, that's the most important is uh, the idea of how much it affects you emotionally, you know, yeah. just mm -hmm. not feeling rested not knowing what's going on, not knowing, you know, how to, um, not knowing, I mean, there's not a lot of information. There's getting to be more and more, yeah. but meeting somebody like you guys who are young and who are, who are super thrilled about this and have your own experiences with it and are on this journey with the podcast and everything. I was like, as soon as I saw the podcast, I was like, this is the type of people that I'm, I've been looking for, you know, Thank people you. who are my uh, heart. <laughs> no, really. I mean, people who are, who are like trying to help, you know, and trying mm -hmm. to put and gather resources and make information more widely known and talk about it. You know, that was a huge thing because for me, man, I, like you said, like we talked about earlier for every one night that I would do a search and feel like I got more information you know, I would kind of leave going like, what does that mean? And for every person that I'd go see, you know, it would, they'd want to fit me down a really narrow box oh, with, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's sleep apnea. And it's like, well, I've already had three sleep studies, dude. It's not mm -hmm. sleep apnea. There's something else going on, you know, mm -hmm. so with, with you guys, you're looking at it from such a broad spectrum and, you know, have the ability to kind of look at it, look at it from over here and over here. Uh -huh. which is the way you have to look at this stuff because it's so unique to every single person. It's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, it um, really is. Yeah. You know, and you have to have that kind of mentality about it. And um, uh, so I think, you know, a huge part of it for me was just not, I mean, being completely honest is just not feeling like I'm major time lost in space, just floating around. Yeah. yeah. Just being able to kind of like tether myself to people who've had the same experience and go, okay, whoa, 
whether I can fix it or not, who knows? We'll figure that out later. But at mm-hmm. least, you know, well, I guess I hate to know that other people will, like you're in pain too. Awesome. I know, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want it to be like something like that. But it is good to know that you're not like somehow or another, you know, like just floating around aimlessly, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it comes to chronic pain, it gets really old. And, you know, kind of the hard, nobody wants to talk about it side is a lot of people in chronic pain either go to addiction or suicide. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to like know that there's options and things that can be done because we're all humans and we have basic needs. And Mayo is not trying to fix every little part of you. It's just the basics of being a human. We got to eat. We got to breathe. We got to, we got to uh, sleep and we have to poop (laughs) and poop doesn't seem like it's related but it goes back to the eating like how you eat affects how you do that and then the breathing affects your emotions a lot because of your nervous system so if you can learn to breathe slower more gentle into your belly you feel more chill and that helps you to deal with life and what you said earlier about shaving off 10 percent that's a big deal too, because, um, I've had panic attacks and I had a, a pseudo seizure a year ago where I like lost consciousness. I left my body and, you know, having that 10% maybe would have made the difference between me doing that or not. So I have to be really careful now with when I get amped up and anxious and panic attack that I don't allow myself to go into that next level because I'm terrified of having another pseudo seizure where it's just psychological your brain just like i can't deal with this anymore yeah yeah so well you know the thing too is like who who would think that you know somehow another your tongue you know your the way that your mouth is formed the way that your tongue is placed within your mouth the just your tongue in general and and it would be a proponent to cause these other things you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, how many people in in the existence of the world um, have had issues like, you know, we're talking about and, and specifically that I that I, I personally am relating to uh, who, you know, kind of went to other things, you know, like, you know, drugs or alcohol or something for coping, mm-hmm. just thinking that there's no, they never got to a place where like, it could be something to do with my tongue yeah. you know mm-hmm. or my breathing or whatever you know and all of this being so interconnected and whatnot so that's that was a big wake-up call for me was because i kept thinking all i the whole time for years it was like i'm just too stressed out i don't know how to control my emotions but then i started going and talking to counselors i started doing you know meditation i started exercising and it helped all that stuff helped, but it was, I was still constantly having TMJ issues, mm-hmm. you know, and then to get to a place to where I finally went to uh, someone who did an inner oral massage and then it released mm-hmm. and everything. And that was like, Whoa, okay. There's something going on here. That's huge. But, you know, if you would have told me 10 years before that, it, you know, that, you know, some or most of your problem, that you're dealing with that's causing chronic pain is going to be your tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been like, no, it's, you know, 
tension headaches or my or my vision or something mm -hmm. besides the tongue you know it's just or the guitar because <laughs> yeah. you have to wear the strap and you're oh yeah you're jamming out in weird yeah, positions like for hours and hours yeah. a day yeah <laughs> that was really good guitar playing kimmy yeah your audition's yeah. going really good <laughs> i actually saw a guy in spain last week that was playing guitar up there i was like why is he doing that yeah he was like holding it in the air playing at least you were like <laughs> <laughs> and drum guitar i love it that's for my callback mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you're really gonna impress them <laughs> yeah i think too like the other thing too you know like you're saying decades of like trying to figure this out like i've had patients who spent tens of thousands of dollars over the past 10 years trying to figure it out so not only you know oh, sure. the addiction piece or you know beyond but like even just the financial piece people are going broke trying to find answers and that's you know again kind of brings us back to why we want to do what we want to do because we hear this patient story time and time and time again of you know i've and they're even a little maybe cautious to pay more money to potentially work with us because they're like man i've already put out so much with no answers like i'm a little nervous to put out more and in the end, you know, they're always really grateful and happy to have done it. And, yeah. you know, we're grateful for them. But, you know, there's that barrier as well that can be really frustrating for people. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. super duper uh, get second opinion, third opinion. I'm not one to just like go in and start hacking on myself, you know, <laughs> to any degree. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I've heard horror stories or read horror stories of people oh, yeah. getting their jaw broken and realigned and then it being even worse after yeah. that, you know, so, uh, which, you know, guy, do you think that you would be in the worst position possible to need to get that done, then get it done, it's even worse. But I'll say mm -hmm. this, out of um, a lot of stuff that's been a possibility that the idea of getting the tongue tie release um uh, from every angle that i looked at was very very minimal risk if it any really at all yeah, I mean, really the main thing is it's either going to work for you and you're going to have some relief like 10 percent. i mean some people never have tmj issues ever again mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily hasn't been the case for me but you know like shaving 10 percent of like my anxiety off or being able to breathe better you know in these things but uh, at the end of the day, when I decided to do it, it was because when I had Kimmy as a resource and two, it was that after looking down, you know, through, at all angles, talking to multiple people, everybody that I talked to said, it's either going to work or it's just kind of not going to work. And then that it's, but either way, you're not going to really have anything bad happen, uh -huh. you know? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that really is an issue is, um, um, is just like anything else when you're cutting yourself will be an infection, you know, and just making sure something like that doesn't happen. But for me, that was really um, satisfying to know when I talked to multiple different doctors, you know, ear, nose and throat doctors, multiple doctors who I'm either friends with or whatever, I'm thinking about doing this. They were all like, I don't, I mean, at all the things, if you're in a bunch of pain, this is definitely an avenue that could be an easy access to release, you know, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty minimal 
issues. And even if you do have speech, they go away. I had a speech impediment for mine for two weeks and I need to actually do a full podcast online because it was a weird story. Yeah, I was a surgical oh, yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like basically, 28 you're doctors the one person that I've it. heard that, uh, that I've read about that you had an issue with yours that was probably more complex than, than uh, like, you know, you're like any of my clients, any of my yeah. patients, Kimmy's been the worst. So <laughs> yeah, mine was the weirdest, the most intense, like bleeding, all the things, but to yeah. my, to my credit, like it, I was a surgical case where they filmed it uh, for dentists to learn how to do releases. Um, and then at the end, once it was all released and he had finished cutting into the muscles, cause he had to like really get inside the muscle then 28 doctors put their finger in my tongue hole. So I had a speech impediment for two weeks and I blamed getting my tongue hole. When they did it. Yeah. yeah. Which one of you? The last That's, guy. This is like Cinderella's like shoe. Which one of you? Yeah. 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 Well, and then you have me who like, I got mine done when I was 17 weeks pregnant and like during the only week of my pregnancy where I threw up and I like threw up like, I don't know, like three hours after mine was done, and like my biggest concern was, oh my gosh, did I pop a stitch? Like the rest yeah. of it, whatever, is fine. <laughs> like, did I pop a stitch? So we. How was yours? Was yours up. pretty easy? Uh yeah, you know, for the most part, mine was pretty easy. I ended up flying to LA to see Doctor Zagi, mm -hmm. um, and I was going to do mine sooner, but then with COVID, I pushed it off, and then I got pregnant, and I wanted to make sure I had it done before I gave birth. Uh, just because of that tongue pelvic floor connection um, and I wanted to give myself best chance possible to deliver uh, vaginally so I decided just to go for it once I hit my second trimester and could have anesthetics and um, my release I just kind of felt a little more I didn't have any like I've had patients who tell me they felt it in their toes and like I didn't have that experience mine was more I felt like I could breathe better I felt like kind of just my upper chest and shoulders were a little more open. And as I was coming out, uh, I felt a little like more loosey goosey. I had heartburn for 10 years. I had sleep issues. I had clenching grinding issues. Um, those were like kind of probably my top three if I had to pick uh, issues. Oh, I guess four would be like, I had these occipital headaches and like, I can't remember the last time I had one of those and it's been- So your sleeping got better as well than CMJ? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my clenching and grinding's improved. Mine, I would say, the more on the mild end, as far as like the TMJ goes. Like if I really was stressed, I could get after it. But uh, structurally, it's not as big of like an off balance. So for me, it, the heartburn was huge. Like like I, unlike you, I felt my heartburn. <laughs> yeah, I felt it, and they actually think that's where most of my nausea came from with pregnancy was more heartburn related. So, sure. um. Yeah, so that was the big one for me. And then the headaches really went away almost completely. Uh, so my sleep did improve. I love insomnia with pregnancy too. So that was kind of a weird connection. But once Izzy really started sleeping through the night well, I could sleep right along with her and it improved a ton. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be curious to see um, like when you have a chance and you're not touring all the time when you do ortho, if like the aligning of the jaw, like the more structural part, mm -hmm. if getting the teeth into a better alignment will help with some of the TMJ. 
Because right now you have kind of the cross fights and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely next time will tell. The next. List next on the journey. Up. Yeah, because yeah. how long is your how long is your tour? Uh, indefinitely. I mean, we tour for life pretty much. For, yeah, uh, but don't, so you have some breaks in between anyways? <laughs> we'll get to November. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, You'll be in Portland in October. Our, yes. It's on my calendar. I already know. Kimmy's like, did you know they're going to be there in October? I was like, uh, yeah, I knew that already. <laughs> you come. I, you, I got tickets for you. Yay. Yeah. We're coming. Yeah. Uh, yes. We're so excited. Yeah. Kimmy is talking about flying back and coming with us. So. I'm trying to convince Shit. her. I'm trying to convince her. <laughs> He's out there uh, uh, just traveling, seeing the world. Mm -hmm. I, I know, know I'm very tan right, right now. You are very tan. I love it. You are very tan. <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's... which one of us is tan? <laughs> yeah. You got that Sicilian sun and thinks you sweat out of your eyeballs. It's really, really, really hot. <laughs> finally hot here it's finally hot here in portland uh, but the nice oh. thing about a portland summer is there's rarely humidity so i'll just oh. rub that in a little bit right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, here. It's, uh, it's less sweaty atlanta. over here <laughs> oh. Ugh, yeah atlanta's no sticky <laughs> it's like uh <laughs> low 90s uh high 80s which is good yeah. pool weather. we've been in the pool going going to the pool with the kids oh know. yeah we're going to the pool oh, after this. Izzy's a water baby we took her to the water park yesterday splash pads she had a blast and we're going to take her to the little pool today too so she's she's a little mermaid <laughs> I'm super grateful for you guys though I I really uh admire what you guys are doing with the podcast and um you know it's one of those kind of things the older I get the more you realize that to me, as far as life goes, um, you know, it's everybody is required to do like whatever it is that gets them by, you know, like mm. that kind of stuff. But it's the people who just do a little bit more, you know, to that end up getting into, you know, being helpers um, that really cause, you know, us as uh, humans and everything else to, to move forward um because there's no telling how many people that you guys are going to end up helping um before it's all said and done and i know it's something that you have your own story with and it's something that you guys are um um passionate about you know or else you wouldn't be doing it you know more or yeah. less but just the mm -hmm. idea that um you know you're you're stepping out because you know you don't have to do the podcast you know you're doing it because you want to get the word out and you want to you know build this awareness and everything else and i i wouldn't be where i'm at if it wasn't for you guys taking the initiative to to do the extra you know and all that stuff so i think it's really cool what you guys are doing or trying to spread the word and taking your time um you. everything else yeah. it, it really means a lot because um i know it's it's definitely helped me you know yeah and selfishly we just really like hanging out together and this is a great excuse <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> well thank, thank you, you so much and thank you for being in background and singing all my favorite songs uh yeah. but also thank you for coming on and sharing your story you know like you said mm -hmm. kimmy and i have stories we can share our stories all day long i share izzy's story all the time but it's you know it's one thing when it comes from us who are the people doing it and it's another thing when it comes from our patients and people like you 
um, who can really kind of share their stories and relate. We get asked this all the time. And so it's great to be able to share more than just our stories as well. So, um, well, we'll let you, we know you're busy. We know your daughters are probably chomping at the bit to go back to the pool. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so, uh, obviously people can catch you on a tour. Uh, you know, you can tell us all the cities that you're going to be in, but also, uh, your website, koibowls.com will link in here. Um, I already uh, sent my uh, partner a YouTube link to one of your YouTube video songs to put on for Izzy downstairs because we are sick of Coconelon. Um, yeah. <laughs> interested in um, in children's stuff. I write children's yeah. books and I do children's music. So all that stuff can be found off of Koi Bowls, uh, which C O Y and then B O W L E S dot com, um, which is mm-hmm. and all of this, the music. Um, is on spotify and instagram i mean uh spotify apple music youtube all that stuff you know yeah. so perfect mm-hmm. i love it and what is your book for children called i have five of them five. Uh, so yeah there's one called amy giggles laugh out loud there's another one called will powers where there's a will there's a way there's a book called uh when you're feeling sick and then the last two books that i've done have, are probably going to end up being where I spend um, some time and kind of stay there for a little while, which is this concept of behind the little red door, which is um, just basically there's a little door, you open it up and it can be anything and anywhere that you want to go. So it's all about teaching kids uh, how to use critical thinking and creativity, as well as going on imaginative Mm -hmm. adventures, you know, to learn different things. So it's pretty cool. I yeah. love that. And then we'll all have to write a, we'll have to co-write a book together, the three of us about where's your tongue. Yeah. So put that on your project list. Yeah, the spot. <laughs> the spot. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll do a treasure hunt book and we'll try and find the spot. See, I'm already. I actually off. had an idea for that, but I was like, I don't have an illustrator, but I wanted to call it the Mayo Mallard. <laughs> That's awesome. We're ready. We're ready. Has like little little feather fingers. <laughs> uh, that's I can see, I can see he has like a little. He has a little crooked beak, so he has to go to the orthodontist and get his beak straightened. Like I have a whole idea. <laughs> All right, thank you guys, and God yes. bless yes. the yes. Zach Brown yes. band. Yes. We'll Signing off. Their, we'll link all their songs. And of course, if you guys want to find us, but I'll just, I'll officially wrap this up here at the Munch Bunch Mayo podcast on Spotify, on any um, podcast streaming sites. We have our YouTube live. You can find Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory, and you can find me at NWMFP or at Northwest Myofunctional Therapy. So we will see you guys all soon. And Koi, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yes. I'll Mm -hmm. see you guys. Thank you.